You're listening to the Hustlenomics Podcast, Episode 10. It is literally true that you can succeed best and quickest by helping others to succeed. Napoleon Hill. To achieve the best results, we must be willing to help others, and this quote reminded me so much of Tammy and what she's doing with her new company, The Creative Folks. When you help other people, they are more willing to help you in the future. Nobody can reach success without the help of other people, and helping other people in the process makes the journey that much better. Tamia Wynn has taken this idea to heart when she created the Creative Folks. She has worked to create a resource center for creatives in the Atlanta area and is continuing to grow and pour into that community with the articles, reviews, blog posts, and inspiration ideas on her website. So I'm thrilled to introduce you to the Creative Folks and how they are encouraging others to feed the hustle. All right, let's jump in. listening to the Hustlenomics podcast, a podcast all about inspiring female creative entrepreneurs, their stories, experiences, and life lessons. Hear from women across the U.S. working in creative industries who are breaking the rules and doing things their way. Learn from their challenges, struggles, failures, and successes, and get an inside look at their top tools and resources that help them along the way. Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash hustlenomics. Choose from over 180,000 titles that you can play on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Just visit www.audibletrial.com slash hustlenomics. Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the Hustlenomics podcast. I'm your host, Katie, and I'm super excited about my interview today. Today, I'm talking with Tammy Awin. She is a photographer and a graphic artist, as well as the founder of the Creative Folks in Atlanta. Hi, Tammy. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, no worries. Cool. So I have taken a look at your website, and guys, it is just one of the coolest resources I've come across. They have food reviews, interviews, tons of uh, great resources, like some posts about digital marketing for artists, positively dealing with failure, simple tips to produce your best writing. I mean, I could go on and on. I just dove headfirst into some of those and loved them. So would you kind of talk about yourself a little bit and um, the creative folks? Yeah, sure. So, uh, hey, everyone. My name is Tammy. Uh, I'm less of a photographer. I'm more of like an amateur type of thing. I'm more on the graphic design side for sure. So I, I don't think I told Katie that. Uh, um, and I recently opened the Creative Folks about six months ago. So we started in January. And so coming up in June, that will be our six month anniversary, which is really exciting. And what the Creative Folks is, is basically what Katie said. It's a resourcing website for a lot of creatives, especially in the Atlanta area. That's where we want to focus for now. Uh, but in the future, I hope to expand it for sure. That's awesome. So what made you want to start something like this that's a, a creative community? I think for sure it um, kind of led from the um, the photographer and the graphic design aspect because I, I was like an amateur in both areas and getting into the area more like as the years went by I was like oh it's a little bit hard like learning to do freelancing on my own um and then just 
just about last year, I want to say, so six months before January or so, I was thinking about opening up a blog. So that's how the creative folks started was a blog. Initially, just me writing, just all my experiences, stories, um, maybe client stories as well. I was going back and forth on the idea. And then after I did that, a couple of people kind of just reached out to me and said, hey, like, how can I get involved? Like, can I write or can I, like, how you market it? Can we, is it a brand? Can I help build a brand? So a couple of like marketing people came on board too. And that's when it started turning into a company um and now we kind of focus into not only doing the digital resources which is all the blog posts that you see online but also doing like event-based stuff so like we're planning some of the event stuff right now that's awesome so it started just with you but now you've grown it to a team yeah for sure that's really very exciting and only six months too which is incredible so i want to hear about the process um, of actually creating this company and kind of where you were um, before and what that process was getting it on its feet. Yeah, for sure. So uh, six months prior, it was just a lot of planning. I was kind of going back and forth on like, oh, well, do I want it to be a blog or do I want it to be a company? So I was thinking about both of those things. Um, but then I thought about like, what is my stronger area is probably just writing these resources rather than like going to host events, because that would be a lot of out of my pocket, like money wise. So I was like, oh, I know how to do websites and I know how to do graphic design. So I can just launch a website and then do it that way. And then um, after that was finding out the name. Like it took a very long time to figure out the name. I can't even remember all the choices that we had. Um, after that, it turned into um, January 1st of 2018 was like, I'm just going to launch it. I'm not even ready, but I'm just going to launch it and see what happens. Um, I literally had like three views <laughs> on January. So I was like, oh, yeah, it might not be a good idea. And then like I had some motivations from like a couple people like my boyfriend, my family, uh, a couple peers as well. And that's what really like kicked it off. It was just like having that motivation consistently um, to push me to do like bigger projects or something of that sort. Okay, cool. So is it mostly just a resource center for creatives or do you guys actually work with people on building up, you know, their brand, their marketing strategies or anything like that? Yeah, for now, it's just a resource place. And I would like it in the future to turn into something where creatives of Atlanta and hopefully like everywhere come to to kind of like get different resources for themselves. Uh, but as of right now, just just the bare minimum is that. Okay. So walk me through your background. Do you have a formal training and anything like graphic design or you know marketing or anything like that? Uh, absolutely not, which is kind of weird when I tell other people. Um, that's what makes it a little bit more unique to me. Uh, I'm a non-traditional graphic designer, meaning I never took design classes. I just always had like an affinity toward it. Um, and I started freelancing about five years ago in graphic design and I picked up some photography. I just never continued it too much. Um, and then I recently got like a huge gig, which landed me into being a graphic design consultant and marketing consultant. So that's where that's where the marketing kicked in. And that's when I realized, oh, this is how like a lot of freelancers should be doing their their work. Like they should be marketing themselves, like branding themselves. And that kind of added to the creative folks as well. Okay, very cool. So do you work yeah. with a... Um a particular niche when it comes to creative people? Like, for example, do you work with a lot of graphic designers or is it just a wide variety? Um, I want to say a, a wide one because I work with so many creatives. Like when I first started doing graphic design, I was networking with a lot of other graphic designers. And then um, that kind of just ballparked into like working with other, other creative people. Like I worked with a lot of illustrators and then I worked with a lot of uh, marketing people too as well. Yeah. Okay. And were you working full time when you started this? 
the creative folks you're asking? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I am. And was I was a full-time student. Oh, wow. Okay. So what was that like trying to balance being a student and working and then trying to kind of create this whole company for yourself? You know, I'm still in your free time. Yeah, I, I do think it was a little bit like, if I were to tell other people, they probably think I'm crazy. Like, oh, you're doing like full time and full time meaning like I did 15 credit hours and I just graduated like two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the 15 credit and then I was working, um, not necessarily like a full time job. It was like part time, but leaning almost into full time about like 20 hours a week, 2025 20, uh, could have been 30 some days or some weeks. And then running that on like my weekends or something of that sort. So that, that was really difficult to balance. But I've always been kind of like a workaholic. So that kind of stress never really bothered yeah. me. What about sense. the mental aspect of everything? You know, of course, you know, if we get used to it enough, we can physically do all the work. But the mental part can sometimes trip us up. Did you deal with any uh, yeah. setbacks mentally when trying to start start this company? Um, no setbacks in the beginning. Um because I think I was very motivated. Like this is, uh, I would usually tell other people that the creative folks was one of my biggest projects that I actually pulled through from. Like most of my projects only last like a max of three months. This is almost reaching six months and I'm, I'm anticipating it to last up to like years, if can't be, you know, it's cause some things do fall through, but um, mentally no, like no setbacks on that. And then at the same time, I mean, everybody goes through a burnout. So like toward the end of the semester, like about a month back or so from now, I was feeling like a heavy burnout, like, oh, I'm doing like way too many things. But at, at some point, like before this, um, I was in a semester where my dad passed away and then I was working three jobs and doing school full time. So <laughs> like I just had to suck it up basically and just do it. So I kind of treat that with everything else too. Did you get your degree in, in a creative industry? I did not. It's a sociology um, degree, a bachelor's of science in sociology. So is that something you, you always wanted to do or did you kind of come towards at, at, the, at the end when you're graduating saying, oh, I want to do this whole other thing that has to do with working with creatives and all that? How are you, you know, how did you kind of deal with that when you were getting your degree? Yeah, so I think a lot of people question that as well. They're like, oh, you don't work in a creative or like you don't have a degree in that or you don't, you're not pursuing one. And I think I've always aimed to be in the creative industry, just not to get a degree in it. Um, I remember like my freshman year of college, I was telling my advisor, like my very first advisor ever, that I wanted to combine psychology or sociology with um, creative or like graphic design or something of that sort. But I just didn't want to take like formal classes uh, because I felt like formal classes would have taken me away from the art uh, because it's just too structured or something of that sort. A lot of people have said like they, they had a good experience, so I can't really tell now, but uh, they, they kind of swayed me away. They ch told me to choose one or the other. And I went with sociology because I love people and I want to study people in the future if I can. Uh, I know it's a very hard field to get into in terms of like actually doing research. Uh, so I don't anticipate that anytime soon, but for sure, like trying to combine the both is why I opened the creative folks too, is to, to get a community of artists and creatives together. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Yeah. I usually ask that question. It's um, just out of curiosity as well as, you know, to get the idea out there that you don't always have to get your degree and what you're going to end up doing. And so people, so many people are held back from that or by that right. uh, because they feel like, oh, I spent four years in college getting a political degree and now yeah. I'm going to be an illustrator and they're, they can't kind of get past that blockage. And it's like, no, you can, you can really yeah 
find a way to use what you learned in that degree and make it applicable to this new business. So I, I always find that interesting and think it's important for people to, to remember. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's something that I try to hold value into everybody that I mentor or I talk to, um, that college is one not for everybody. So if you have a degree, great. If you don't, it's not like going to kill you. It's just that standard that everybody has like, oh, you should either go to college. If you don't go to college, you should like do something else. But at the same time, it's just like, you, you really have to like get the degree and then like make it make it work for you because I, I tried my best not to throughout college. Like I had a lot of peers who thought like, oh, once I get this degree and then I step out, I'm, I'm going to have jobs lined up for me. And I never thought of it that way. I just thought like I'm going to get this degree and I'm going to make it work for me, whatever it is I'm working in <laughs> and make that job happen. Absolutely. So when you were yeah. first starting with this idea and you were just – that's where you were. You didn't have anything together yet except for the idea. How did you get started on kind of creating your message and your branding? Uh, for sure, that took some time, like absolutely, because at first, I, like I told you, I wanted it to be kind of like a blog. So I was thinking like, oh, I'll just do as a blog, like no real branding to it. I just wanted like a cool little little place to dump all my like ideas or like all of my, um, my client stories or something of that sort because I had a couple – pretty funny ones and pretty bad ones too to share so that's what I kind of thought of it and then it took some while I I made a lot of excel sheets like now thinking about it there could have been an easier way to do this but (laughs) I have a lot of excel sheets that planned from from the name of the website down to like its goals uh where do I want it to be etc and that was just the blog stage and then when I started building that team it was a lot easier to kind of build that message out because there was a team that kind of saw the vision of the brand too. So, I mean, I, I owe a lot, of, a lot of it to my team for sure. That's awesome. And I'd love to hear more about your team because that's something that I've always been interested in doing in the future is building a team, but it's kind of like a very nebulous idea right now. So how did you go about doing that? And um, what would be some suggestions that you would give to someone who is looking to grow their team? Yeah, for sure. So, um, Something that I like to that I recently added onto the website myself was this aspect that I want to keep within the company is family. So all of the team members currently, I'm trying to think if I'm lying here, but I don't think I am. They're all handpicked. So like I handpicked each and every single one of them myself. Um, of course, like I asked for consent and permission, like, hey, I have this position and I think that you were really suited. Um, and because I know you and I worked with you for years and years, I know how you work as a person. Would you be able to join my team? Uh, so that's that's the initial part of it. And of course, like I'm always um, open to outsourcing. So we have two n- new interns that just came on board, which I um, I also kind of handpicked, but not really. We just more went through the interview session and that was it. But I don't know them personally. Everyone else on my team, I know personally, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I really like how you stress that everything is handpicked. And I would be curious to know what are some of the qualities you are looking for when you are handpicking these people? Yeah, so um, I want to say for sure they had to have some type of thing that's similar to me in terms of personality, uh, work ethic, compassion to the job. So that's what made me kind of like be selective on who do I pick? Because for example, I had a lot of um, ideas that needed a videographer or like a video editor, someone to be in that role position to lead the video department uh, in the future when we launch that. Uh, But I had like a bunch of friends who did videography, but the point is to find someone that kind of matched that. So those qualities, like I mentioned, but at the same time, I wanted somebody 
um, who's always going to pick at my brain and challenge me. So even though a lot of people kind of uh, look at me like, oh, so you're like, you're like the top boss and you're the founder. So everyone has to comply to you. Not necessarily for me. For me, like you need to go against me when when I say something like if it's something that you don't agree with, speak up. And that's what I look for in people is like you speak up when something isn't like in line with you or like you have another suggestion that you're willing to kind of say. Yeah, I think that's a great philosophy. And it definitely makes everything more collaborative. Mm -hmm, For sure. And it just helps me in terms of um, keeping me grounded so that because I am an ambitious person and I, I, I can see that in myself. I know that I will overthink things or I know I will go after ideas that may not be the best for us. Even though I am the founder, a lot of people kind of put this thing on on the title like, oh, you know everything. So we're just going to throw everything at you. Like sometimes there's things that I don't know. So I try to find people who are above me in, in a lot of ways and those who are not on the same level who can bring in new perspectives. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really the key to building a very successful team is finding people around you that have all the talents that you might not have instead of just, you know, getting people that do what you do and you end up competing with each other. So I think it's a great tactic to just surround yourself with experts and everything that you're not an expert in. Yeah, for sure. And like I told you, I it's like, well, you already know that I'm not a traditional like graphic designer. I'm also not a traditional uh, marketer. But I work in the field of marketing a lot. But um, I do have like a director of marketing on my team just because I don't know everything about marketing. And she's taking classes and she's going to graduate with a graduate uh, with a marketing degree. So it's like putting your stuff to use and you can teach me things and I can teach you things is kind of what I want to go after when I build my team. Absolutely. So have you ever been in a management position before? I have uh, in my college. It might not be like a big deal to a lot of people, but uh, I was like the lead editor for the graphic design department of the newspaper, um, the student newspaper. And that was one of the biggest roles that put me into the position I feel like helped me today Um, because it because we won so many awards together as a team. It kind of showed like, oh, like. That's great. And then I had a really high retention rate where like people would come back year after year. Normally they just leave after like a couple months or like once they graduate, uh, they don't tend to come back to the office or something like that. But they really like the office environment that we created or my team created that year. So they would always come back. And that just made me feel like all types of good feelings. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. What was something that you learned in your management experience on the paper that you took to your company, and I guess on the flip side, what's something that you have learned now that you're in a totally different management position that you didn't know before? Yeah, true. So um, coming from the newspaper into what I do now, I do think I took a lot of the workflow, less of like the um, the other stuff, uh, because those are kind of more general things. But the workflow of how the newspaper ran, how we did weekly meetings or how we did team meetings, I really took it into account when I did this. And then from in reverse from here to there, what I wish I would have done was been more organized when I did the newspaper, for sure, because now I feel like I'm a lot more organized. I'm not totally perfect, but I feel like I'm better prepared this time around rather than like the first time. Yeah, absolutely. What are some organizational tools that you like to use that helps keep you organized? Um, for sure, it's um, it's a more millennial version of Excel. I it's called Airtable. It's open. I'm not like no affiliates here, but um, it's called Airtable, and I I love it to death because it it helps me in terms of um, organizing all the projects. And since I like Excel so much, it's just that Excel I don't like it in terms of um, it's. It's dullness. It's not like very 
very interactive for me but Airtable makes everything everything so interactive it has like check boxes so when something is done you can check it off um or you can assign it to certain people and they'll see it inside Airtable. So you'll invite collaborators into there. So it's one of my favorite tools ever. That sounds awesome. I'm a huge Excel person too, but I just would love to be able to check something off. There's something so satisfying about that. So I might have to look into that. Yes, please do. I was telling my interns when I, when they first came on board, um, that I, I made a column specifically for them to check mark their their task as they go. And I think they were kind of giving me like, oh, like, why do we have to do that? But I was telling them it's the most satisfying thing and turning it into like a psychology route. When you check it off, you feel like you accomplished something rather than seeing a long list of things to do and feeling like you didn't do anything if you don't cross it off. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah. you mentioned that you have two interns right now, correct? Yes, two. So are they working directly with you or do they work with different departments within the company? They work uh, in the marketing department. So I'm only having interns in the marketing department because they're my first round of interns ever. So I just wanted to be sure that I can handle these interns before I hire like a team of interns, if that makes sense. And they they work directly with my marketing director. um, And occasionally they work with me as well. And I try to tell them or I stress to them during the interview that, um, the interview is not the last time they will ever see me. They will see me consistently pop up all the time mm-hmm. because I want to be involved in everything, but not to where I micromanage. Yeah. And that's so cool. Especially, you know, you taking on this mentorship role pretty early on. I would love to look, like know more about how that's been for you and, you know, kind of some things that you want to teach your interns and stuff that you would like them to learn while they're there. Yeah. I think I, um, in part why I, I kind of went over this um, this phase of wanting to do sociology was because, like I said, I love people. But then I picked up, like mid- midway, I picked up education psychology because I wanted to advise students. And the reason behind that was because I had a lot of friends who dropped out in college uh, right even before their their great college career even started, like maybe like freshman year, second semester, first year, sophomore year, or something of that sort. And uh, it just made me feel like, I feel like because our high schools, we, we known each other since high school and those kind of things, like they, they just weren't prepared. And so it made me want to help other students prepare for that journey. And that kind of led into what I do now is like, I just want to help prepare these, these students because they are students, prepare them for the real world because I know how, how the real world is going to toss them back and forth. Mm-hmm. I speak like I'm old, but I'm like 22. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think that's great. You definitely sound older (laughs) than 22, but that's definitely a compliment. And so what would be one or two things that you could say that you would want them to walk away from or walk away with when they finish their internship? I definitely want them to walk away. um, Something that I always try to tell myself every single day when I wake up is being knowledge hungry, meaning that don't be afraid to ask questions. Always ask questions, even if you think it's dumb. It might not be dumb to the person you're asking it to. You just never know until you ask. Um, always seeking out for that knowledge, regardless whether or not you know at least some of it. It's better to know more than to know less anyway. Uh, that's one of the biggest qualities. And then the second quality is to always be open-minded because I work with a creative community. Um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of different qualities in the creative community, like um, sexuality, identity, um, creative medium so like photographer graphic designers all that they're they're different so like being open-minded to work with those kind of people takes a lot (laughs) it's a it's a lot of work for sure absolutely and I love that that it's not just like I want them to have a resume you know it's like actually something that's of value 
that they yeah. instead of just like something that they'll probably throw away in the trash when they get done, you know? I would, I would hope not, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to last much longer. And I'm sure you saw that when you were putting your internship program together. But I like that. I think that's really different and unique. Yes, for sure. I, I, I think in all, I just want them to have things to bring to the table. Even if, say, in the future, um, I don't open up a position for them to be permanently hired here. I would like to, but it depends on, like, you know, the circumstances at that time. But if not, wherever they go work, I hope that they remember us, like, when they sit at their next, like, desk or something. Like, oh, that they taught me that. The creative folks taught me that or something of that sort. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I just want to jump in real quick to tell you about today's sponsor, Audible. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash hustlenomics. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash hustlenomics for your free audiobook. So when you're um, building your company and putting your team together, what were your thoughts on the company culture that you wanted to create? Um, Because that's, since I've been working in the corporate world for a little while, I've noticed that that is something that really people don't talk about, but you feel it every single day and it really affects your work environment. I'd love for you to walk me through that a little bit. Sure. And on my website, that's on there too, because I feel like it's important to be transparent, especially with the the type of content that I post out. We have to be transparent. And I think that's something that we always have to be transparent about is company culture. Uh, One of the things that I do want to enforce in the company is family. Again, like I it's just important to treat with one another with that respect, no matter the circumstance, we may be coming into work with like all these bad feelings from home or like from another job or whatever the case may be. But here it's like openness, like you can always share it with us or you can talk to us. That's something that I really want to keep close knit with everybody. That's why I try to involve myself with everybody without micromanaging for sure. Um, Other company culture aspects that I like is open mindedness again. Uh, That's why I try to enforce it to my um, interns for sure. Uh, yeah, that's, that's really the big two. That's why I hope they walk away with it. <laughs> Definitely. And so what would you say to someone who's maybe struggling to enforce their company culture or feel like maybe it's not jiving with everyone? What's a way for them to really kind of push that message? And I, and of course not in an aggressive or yeah. way, but just say, you know, this is kind of who we are. and I'd love for you to be inclusive with that, but maybe they're coming up with some resistance. Yeah, for sure. I do think it's important to kind of establish it to begin with and make sure there are values that you believe in as well, because if you believe in them, then you're going to show it in your personality. So uh, like if we use we're using the family aspect as an example, when I talk to my uh, interns or when I talk to any of my teammates, um, it's with a very relaxed um open minded and very personal, like I use a lot of emojis, if that makes sense. Like, if I if I were to text you you on the first base, like I wouldn't use emojis for sure, like it would be more professional. But when I talk to everybody else on my team, it's full of emojis. And we're like, uh, cussing back and forth and all this stuff. So it makes them comfortable in that position. But that's because I believe in that value of us being comfortable with one another, even if we're in a work setting. Yeah, I think that's what you just said is super important communication and the way you communicate the way you talk even the form of communication like you mentioned texting 
I mean, that even can just set a precedent instead of like, oh, I have to send a super formal email to my boss. It's like, no, you can just text me. <laughs> so uh, I, th- yeah. I think communication is really the key and the cornerstone of, of starting to create that community culture. Yes, for sure. And it's just like, like I said, you have to believe in those kind of things too, because if you didn't believe in the same values that you're putting out, because some people, they put out those values online or like they'll put out those values to like during an interview, but say they don't, they don't follow that religiously. So like, how are you, you're like portraying like this, this fake persona that doesn't make sense. Uh, but it, I think it would help to, if you can't think of it on your own, like another tip would be like build it with your team. So like, um, have a team together or like have maybe one or two people to come together that are willing to be a part of your team, kind of on that executive position or role. And they can kind of help you build that out because sometimes I know it's a little bit harder. Like that took like the company culture for me to really define it took me a while. I think I just thought of it like about two months ago, even though like I've always had them in me, if that makes sense too. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to solidify them on paper. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) What does your, what does a typical day look like for you in your business? Um, as of right now, since I just graduated, is pretty relaxed in terms of um, uh, just workflow. My busiest days would have to be the weekend because that's when we're editing stories. I have an editor on board who edits like most of the stories with me, and we get them pushed out like every week. We post two times a week, and we already have stories planned out for August coming up. So most of the work is done on the weekend, but throughout the week, I'm networking with people for sure. Like I'm always talking and finding people on Facebook, et cetera, to talk to uh, and talking to my mentors and then talking to my team. And we consistently have meetings at least uh, for right now. It's once a month. It feels like it is once a month. Some people I meet more on a regular, um, but yeah, it's kind of scattered throughout the week. I don't really have a set uh, time yet until like we, we get there. <laughs> well, that's awesome. No, I, I love the idea of like working ahead and having, workflows that can free up some time for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would love to talk a little bit about the fear of failure. It could be really difficult to stay you know, confident and focused on what's important when you're constantly worried about failing at this or that or you know, whatever. So what do you do to combat that fear of failure that I'm sure all us entre- entrepreneurs feel at one time or, or the other? And uh, especially when you're dealing with people on your team that you have to motivate or help motivate all the time. What do you do to help, you know, boost your confidence and help them stay confident in what they're doing as well? Yeah. So one of the first things that I would probably do if I were to face some type of conflict that I know that might cause some type of big failure or like will fail, uh, just because some, some things you can kind of expect, some things you can't. So if I were to expect it, then just just chill out, like literally relax it out, like throw it aside for a second, because I do tend to overwork myself. Uh, trying to trying my best to save it before it fails. But if it if I can't save it in time, I just deal with it. Uh, it is what it is. Like me me working so hard trying to change it and it doesn't change isn't going to change anything anyway. So just just relax it out. And I go hang out with friends or I, like I just sit with my family. Like we talk about it. <laughs> Literally in my family, it's just me and my mom. Uh, not me and my mom. Yeah, me and my mom, my sister. Um, and we just talk it out. Like some days I'm having a, like a really bad day and I tell them like, yeah, I'm going through this. I just don't know how to solve it. And then a lot of the times they're just telling me, well, after you go to sleep and then tomorrow you wake up, it's gone. Like not, not permanently gone, but a little bit is gone. Like a le- less of your worries would be like out of your mind at least. And secondly is to find new ways to 
build on top of that. So if I knew I was going to fail a project, then I'll just be researching or finding ways so next time I don't do that same mistake again. Or, um, yeah, like just just don't make the mistake again. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love a quote that says, like, I never, you know, you never really lose because you learn something. Oh, yeah, for sure. I do feel that way in terms of, like, projects that don't work out. I just, I don't think of them as failures either. I kind of think of them as just a quick lesson, even though it's something that I, it's a mistake that I should learn on top of, basically. Yeah, definitely. So working for yourself and kind of getting that freedom outside of maybe working in a corporate environment, it can kind of um, be, well, it is very different because now you get to make your own rules and you can set your own hours. You can wear whatever you want. um, You know, you can work from wherever you want. It's all really exciting, but it also can cause some, some issues and growing pains, especially when you have to uh, redefine what professionalism is for yourself. So have you navigated that change at all and, you know, how you've defined being professional within your own business, especially being someone that is kind of at the head of the the pack there creating your own business? Yeah. So when I, um, I feel like I want to say I don't, so say I, I go to the office now, I'm not wearing like PJs to office or anything. <laughs> like I, I dress the part pretty well I would say like I I try to dress casual to my personality of course like I I'm not a blazer person I'm not a dress person either so I just dress to the part and I I feel comfortable within myself which is another company value that I try to instill in everybody Uh, so that professionalism is just I guess when I talk to people I want to be professional and I want to be the face of the I want the face of the company to be professional as well so when I'm talking to people like you etc and I'm networking of course it's going to be professional and uh, when it's off screen uh, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily like two-faced it's just when I'm off screen it's more cussing than usual Um, but still the same uh, bubbly personality for sure yeah no I like that um, this is kind of a left turn, but I've been thinking about this a lot recently and I would love to hear your take on it. Um, cause I know when I was starting my new venture and kind of leaping from that side hustle to full time or trying to make that transition, yeah. one of the things that's been at the forefront of my mind is, uh, money. And so in your finances, yeah. so how's your relationship with money and finances changed since you've started this new venture? Uh, Oh, for sure. Learning how to save a lot better. Like, I think I've always been like an okay saver. Um, some some days is not too great, but some days is pretty excellent. And, you know, some days in between. But ever since I started this, and I started getting new ideas coming up, I, I immediately jump on saving for it. Because I do, um, I guess it, it would be good to clarify now, I do work like another job outside of this too. So I work as a uh, graphic design consultant for a university here in Atlanta. And um, being that consultant, I work with a lot of creatives again, and I work with a lot of marketers. And in that corporate setting, it kind of teaches me how to handle corporate funds too, because I see how they're financing things. I see how they approve things. And it helps me put it back over here, like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do it that route. Or maybe we should save up for this because I'm the one funding everything that comes out of like um, the creative folks at the moment. So just having those ideas and then planning in advance for sure. Like I have like a, a system uh, in order to get everything, uh, have enough money for everything is what I'm trying to say. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, all the events that we're hosting, et cetera. Yes, that is great advice. Save as much as you can because it gets very expensive very fast. Yes, uh, like I can't even imagine. Um, 
I, I have a track record. Like I, I track all of the expenses that we're using as a company as of right now, just because it's good to track anyway. So to everybody out there that's listening for sure, track all your expenses. I know a lot of people will tell you this, but it gets, it's going to come up behind you like so fast. So you need okay. to keep up it. Absolutely. And it gets very confusing. I mean, I had a boss that um, basically still kept everything, you know, in file drawers with paper and there was nothing online, nothing saved in a drive or anything like that. And I just, that taught me real quick. You need, you want to use that paper. You got to have a backup on your computer and then a backup on a hard drive and a backup on the Google drive. It's just like, cannot tell you I have all that in place like so every time we do anything say I get a receipt for something say I order t-shirts I order like 500 t-shirts for example I will have a printout of the invoice and the quote or the receipt have it in like a folder put it into a file drawer and then I'll have a Google Excel sheet that's saved on Google Drive so it's accessible anywhere I go um, but then also have like just a copy like a, a physical copy where I can write in just mm-hmm. sitting around just in case like something falls out at least I have some kind of physical record but I I I doubt it would happen as of now but you never know (laughs) no I think that's great advice and super important yeah you have a um some background in marketing that you mentioned you do have a marketing uh, director there so I would love to know what are some marketing strategies that you guys are using to get your message out there and get some some people involved in what you're doing Yeah, so a lot of the marketing strategies uh, revolve around partnerships or some type of collaboration. So like me doing this is one great way. It's kind of like just putting out your your founder out into the public and then she just goes brags about the company, basically. And then the, the more internal stuff is that they're working on a lot of projects that's almost like event-based that can happen here in Atlanta that we're, we're still planning right now. So I don't have um, anything too much to say about it just yet. Uh, hopefully we can collaborate in the future, like me and you, and we'll talk about it a little bit more. But yeah. for sure, like, they're, they're planning those events right now as we speak uh, in terms of like the logistics, like where should it be held? What kind of event would it be? Like how would it serve the creatives and how would it benefit us and our partner, whoever the partner may be? Um, and other marketing strategies, of course, like ads online, we, we run a couple of ads every now and then uh, just to kind of get a brand message out. But that, that's also just testing the waters to see if that's even like an avenue we want to target yet. So again, going back to the expenses, that's how it racks up is that you're testing most of the time until you find something that solidifies, but it only solidifies for like a couple of months. And then after that, you're going to have to think of new campaigns or new marketing strategies which will cost more money to test, et cetera. So it's, it's consistent spending for sure. Yeah. That testing part is so important though, because if you're just throwing stuff at the wall, you know, it's never going to stick unless you understand your audience. So you said you do some ads. Do you do anything else that kind of tests your audience to get an idea of what they're looking for? Um, I do a lot of like, I join a lot of uh, Facebook groups for sure. And I kind of join different niches. I know it's important to kind of uh, target your own niche. So say like my niche is creative communities. So I'll go into creative communities. But on the plus side, I will also go into uh, different blogging, Facebook groups, different marketing groups to kind of, because sometimes you find people in there. Like a lot of people find me through marketing groups. Like they're like, oh, I need a freelance graphic designer. And I'm like the only one in there, which talk about like you're, you're getting rid of your competition that way. <laughs> when you're oh. in a group of like creative, like graphic designers, et cetera, you're not going to get a job like or a gig or anything like that. But when you're joining other niches, sometimes it may pop up and that's your chance, you know? 
Yeah, making contacts and networking with people outside your industry can be so helpful. And most yeah. people don't even think about that. They only talk about I talk to people who are inside the industry and do what they do. But I always encourage people to get out and meet people in the exact opposite of what you do because those are going to be the people that probably need you the most. Yeah, and that's how you learn. So, like when you learn uh, different things outside of what you know already. Uh, like again, being knowledge hungry, just, just keep learning no matter what it is, be hungry to learn new things all the time. Definitely. So what has been one of the most surprising things that you've encountered so far in this journey? Um, how I think for sure, I just had like a debate with this, like, uh, with somebody else on this topic, uh, specifically about how hard it is to actually run a company. I know a lot of people, I'm not going to say any names in particular. A couple of people came up to me saying that they, they're creating like a t-shirt line or like a, a clothing line. And it's just basically them printing a bunch of t-shirts. Um, that's not to knock anybody that does that. That's a great niche. Like a lot of people are into that kind of stuff and you get a lot of business from it. But um, a lot of it to, to actually make a lot of money from it, you're going to have to build a brand. Like you have to brand yourself. Um, and have a purpose behind your brand too. You can't just like have a bunch of t-shirts and then expect people to buy, like they don't get your purpose or whatever the case may be. So I think that was mm-hmm. something that I learned through this journey was building that brand. For now, I think we have a consistent brand that's pretty good, uh, but I, I foresee that brand changing maybe a year and a half or two years in, it's going to change out either way, for sure. Yeah, it always evolves. And that's hard for people sometimes because they – don't want to let go of all that work they put into branding themselves. But I, you know, people grow. So your brand's going to grow and change as well. Yeah. I would hope that in the future, if we do do any type of like brand turnover or anything like that. We're still consistent to what we do. It's just the image is going to change a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, I hope I, I can't tell you now, but like, I would hope. Oh, well, I mean, that just brings me to my next question, which is uh, what are some goals that you have for the next year? For sure, I want to launch a couple of, um, I want to launch an event by the end of the year, but I try my best to not be over ambitious. That's why I have a great team. They kind of like push me back and make sure like I'm grounded, like I was telling you earlier, because I have so many ideas I want to launch by the end of the year, but I know sometimes it may not happen how I want it to happen. Uh, so by the end of the year, if I can launch an event, great. If not, I it's fine. I'm not going to cry. But if we can host the event by next year, I would hope it's an annual thing. So like building that brand behind that annual event for creatives here in Atlanta, that's a big goal. And then by the next year, I would hope to um, host a conference for creatives because I think that's one of the biggest struggles for me as a freelance graphic designer and um, other freelancers that I know was trying to was trying to build ourselves a brand because it's like I'm competing with all these other graphic designers who are better than me who are not as great or whatever the case may be uh but it's still brand building that's very difficult and how do you make yourself stand out from all these people regardless of their level if that makes sense yeah well that sounds super exciting will you be including like workshops and speakers and things like that I would hope so. That's why I do a lot of the networking now. So I was telling my team the other day that 
um, they're pretty ambitious as well. They want to do a lot of things by the end of the year. But for sure, I was telling them that this year, since it's the first year, this is where we plan. This is where we brand. This is where we get our message out. So like me doing all these networking and stuff like that, like that, I hope that helps in the future and just pays back in the future that I can welcome these people back as speakers or they can help us with something. We can partner with them, collaborate or something of that sort. That's awesome. And Atlanta is the perfect place to do it. It's a huge, huge creative community. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like I know so many people through here. Like it's, it's crazy. That's why I, I wanted to focus in that community specifically. Yeah, well, that's really exciting. So would there be any resources out there like books or other podcasts or even courses that you've taken that you would um, find help that you found helpful that you would recommend to people other than the creative folks, of course, <laughs> which is a great resource? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Honestly with you, like I, I haven't been digging into those, those realms, which, but I do recommend for other people to do it, even though I don't have any like personal recommendations myself, but, um, I've been, I have like an Amazon list of books. I don't remember their titles, but a bunch of books that I kind of want to bring in and like, just read for myself to learn more for me and for the company's sake, and then listen to more podcasts. So like listening to podcasts like yourself, like I would love to like listen to it more or, um, or going to more networking sessions or more uh, mixer sessions, for example, to just meet other people and learn from them. Yeah. Are there any online communities that you're a part of that you find really helpful for networking? Um, other than Facebook groups, I think that's one of the biggest things that helped me through this journey was joining Facebook groups. And that might be, I mean, by the time other people listen to this or like other people kind of backtrack and listen to this and again in the future facebook groups might not even be popular anymore who knows but as of right now it's really helping me like in terms of building that uh, mentorship or building relationships with people and communities to help me learn more even though we don't meet face to face uh but but just talking to them talking to someone that has been through it already really helps for sure yeah, I love Facebook groups. I am guilty. I use them all the time. I'm sure that's um, what we meant. Like your favorites that you go to? Um, I have one. I don't know if I met you through this one. It's like the Tuesdays Together. Uh, it's a uh-huh. group in uh, Atlanta or something of that sort. I can't remember the exact title, but that's one of my favorites. Even though I'm not like very um, into photography like that. But I, I do it a couple, like I do it here and there, but just seeing people in there talking to one another and talking about their struggles or their problems or like their success stories, it makes me feel just motivated. Like, oh, like I want to help you with that or or how can I help you or anything of like like that. Yeah, I love that Tuesdays Together group. I think that is where we met and I've met some great people in there. And like you said, it's just a nice way if you're feeling down or you're struggling with something, you just log on and ask a question and I swear 20 people <laughs> come in with a comment and it is the best feeling. Yeah. And it's like a sisterhood in there. I don't know if there's any men in there. I can't remember, but I feel like it's always been women in there. Um, but I feel, it just makes me feel like family in there, even though we don't know each other and there's probably like thousands of people in there, but it feels very mm-hmm. close knit and we get to talk, et cetera. So that's really cool. Definitely. So I know people are going to be super interested to find out more about the creative folks and more about you. So can you tell the listeners where they can find you? Yeah. So uh, the creative folks website is www.creativefolks.org. Sorry, I got like a trip up there. Um, And then the Instagram is at the creative folks. 
Um, and that's pretty much it. We don't run anything else because I kind of want to keep it close to those two as of right now. And then in the future, hopefully expand on like social networks. Oh, awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Me too. Thank you. Hi guys. I hope you all enjoyed the episode with Tammy. I know you're going to want to check out all the amazing resources on the creative folks website. And as she mentioned, they're hoping to do some events in the future. So keep an eye out for that before I sign off. I just wanted to read the review of the week. This one comes from down the Zephyr. They said, this show is fantastic, informative, and fun. Katie keeps the show helpful and entertaining for both men and women. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much for those kind words. And guys, you have no idea how much it means to me when I read these reviews. So if you have a chance, just head over to iTunes. And if you just want to leave five stars or let me know what you like about the show, anything is awesome and helpful. So thank you again so much. And I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Hustlenomics podcast. Be sure to visit www.hustlenomicspodcast.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover bonus content. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to hear more, just head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. For questions about the podcast or if you want to apply to be a guest, use the contact form found on our website. Thank you for listening, and until next time, keep hustling.